This is Daniel Fagella. You're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. This is the place where non-technical professionals stay ahead of the ML curve and advance their careers and businesses. You're listening to the second episode in our five-part series on achieving ROI with early AI projects. We wanted to put together some great perspectives from varied leaders around advice that would help us bypass some of the mishaps to achieving AI ROI and get there more safely and soundly. And today's episode focuses on a critical element of measuring ROI, and that is risk. So there's AI companies that need to think about risk. There are big venture firms that need to think about the risks of their various investments. But who's really in the science of risk more so than the insurance companies? Munich Re is a $60 billion insurance giant that's heavily invested in cyber insurance and now in AI insurance. And we speak with their head of AI insurance, Michael Berger, who's based out in the Bay Area. Michael is a PhD from the University of Munich in finance, as well as a master's data science from Berkeley. And while in our last episode with the head of Intel's AI Center of Excellence, this episode focuses again more specifically on risk, particularly what are the questions we can ask up front to screen for risk and then measure that potentially against the upside? What are bits of enterprise leader advice that don't require you to be an insurance firm to be able to make smarter decisions? That is indeed the focus and Michael delivers some real gold in this episode. During this special podcast series week, we are giving away a few of our AI ROI reports here at Emerge, and I'll mention a little bit more about that in the outro of this episode, but I wanted to be able to fly directly into the meat and potatoes here. I learned a lot here. I don't think we've ever covered AI ROI from this particular angle, and I hope you as our listener will be able to draw a lot from this one. So without further ado, this is Michael Berger, the head of AI insurance at Munich Re here on the AI and Business Podcast. So, Michael, glad to have you with us on this series. The The focus is the ROI of AI. You've seen our, our kind of three-pronged approach to how we think about AI ROI. You guys are experts in risk. You're in the insurance business. And the theme of our interview is how do we quantify risk? We're building out a big application. We're putting a lot of money behind it. And if it succeeds or fails, some of that risk of failure actually could really affect how we want to think about if this is worth it from an ROI take. Where do you encourage business people to start thinking about risk from an ROI perspective? Yeah, sure. I mean, thinking about risk really matters because at the end of the day, um, when you're thinking about your AI project, it's really an investment project. You're taking an investment. You're ultimately yeah, either hiring smart data scientists to build models for you, acquiring data, or doing all the labeling, uh, or you ultimately might bring in a consulting company to do the work for you. In either case, you have investments uh, that you need to undertake. And then once you have built your machine learning model, you need ultimately to take care of it. You might need to retrain it. Uh, you might need to have ultimately also costs in terms of a cloud deployment. So you have also ongoing costs. Um, so it's quite important to see, okay, do I really get the benefit out of it? What I want to do with my AI? So it's quite important to then see, okay, if I'm spending this amount of money on it, will I get the return on it? And yeah, the return is never certain. So there's always a, uh, a risk there that AI, for example, might not perform as well as expected, or the AI might make stupid mistakes, which might cause liabilities for me as a company. So thinking about discrimination or fairness related topics. So in either way, it's important to see, okay, how much costs might this cause or how much might this diminish the return uh, that I, uh, I might get out of it? 
So it's quite important to reflect on those risks in order to get a true and honest value for the, for the AI project. And then to decide, do I really want to undertake this AI project? Or do I want to switch to other alternatives? Do I want to keep my existing system in place? Or might I want to go with, yeah, with, let's say, uh, less modern statistical techniques? Might I want to get, uh, to go with something more, yeah, more established or more traditional? And this might be fine for me because this might reduce my risks for that. So it's quite important to think about the impact of risks and also how uh, what this means really for you know, for my investment project. Got it. And to your point, plenty of times there will be simpler solutions where the, the upside of getting that extra 5% of performance on Y is just not worth the maintenance cost and the potential downside of, a, of an algorithm steering somewhere versus maybe the rule-based system that works for now. So it's always going to be a balance for for many applications. Some have to be ML, some some don't. So when it comes to quantifying what that downside would be, I would be, I imagine as a business, you know, let's say I'm a big manufacturing firm and I'm about to spend untold millions to start predicting maintenance failures of my machines. I've got a bunch of drill machines, press machines, whatever I got in my manufacturing warehouses and, and, and factories. I'm going to put on sensors. I'm going to start training algorithms. I'm going to make a big investment here. Um, and it's going to affect my business if it fails and I start producing flawed products. That's horrendous. So big consequences. This might be an insurable thing. How do you go about quantifying where the failure points are? Because part of it is, you know, a business person doesn't know, oh, here's all the ways AI could fail, right? They didn't go to school for this. So how do you walk leaders through maybe the considerations to think about for where the failure points are and how risky they are? Well, what's your method? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the first question is really, does the AI work as expected? This really means do the predictions the AI makes um, are they really living up to the to the, my expectations in terms of being correct or being not too far off from the ground truth? I think that's really the first question, the first risk. That's the risk of predictive performance. So once I know my AI solution works, there might be other risks I need to watch out for. For example, if I'm more in a, let's say, consumer-sensitive uh, area, uh, then yeah, uh, discrimination, fairness-related questions uh, might become a topic. If I'm just using a machine learning model to do predictive maintenance on my machines, of course, fairness and discrimination is not really an issue. But if I ultimately use machine learning to do great yeah, assessments and ultimately decisions about our loans, then, of course, it's highly relevant. So depending on the use case, also this, the fairness and the discrimination topic might be very important. Then I have other topics. I mean, it might be that uh, I'm deploying ultimately an AI in a highly volatile and uh, in a highly environment which changes a lot. This also means that I might retrain my AI a lot. This ultimately causes a lot of operational costs. I might also have thinking about climate impact uh, there as well. And if I have certain sustainability targets, I might need to offset uh, those you know, additional carbon emissions tied to the retraining of my AI models, especially if I'm using more sophisticated neural network kind of structures, which might take simply longer times and more yeah, intense uh, hardware to retrain. So this might be also another risk which I might need to consider. And there are, going from there, there will be uh, several others. I mean, once I have the, the system in production, I mean, is it really secure against for example, cyber attacks uh, might attack from outside, ultimately bring down the system and therefore ultimately stop my AI system working and my processes working. So I think all of it, I would say, starts really with the initial project of an AI. The first question, does it work? Then in case it works, come other questions, um, which are then very much use case dependent. 
Okay, cool. So we've got a nice checklist of some basic ones we might want to think about. The retraining factors here, the cyber risk openness, the uh, maybe even the sustainability considerations. If we have sustainability targets uh, and we're processing a tremendous amount of video data and it requires huge amounts of that retraining and, and energy use to, to get it done, is that going to be a risk we don't want to endure? So there's some good checkboxes. And like you said, many are going to be specific to the the, the use case itself. Right. There's only so many AI applications where physical harm is a risk, but probably if it is, you guys think about that too. Most enterprise applications, it wouldn't be. So there's some that are going to be particular. So there's going to be some considerations up front around what are these potential failure points? And given that, given what those costs are, given what the downside is, does that make up for what the upside could be if we look at the alternatives? Yeah, exactly. So let's mm -hmm. look at AI versus not AI. Let's look at different approaches to AI. And then let's look at how far are those downward spikes in a worst case scenario and those expenses and how high are the potential benefits? And maybe we would put those side by side to, to make a call. Is that a good nutshelling or would you add anything to that? Yeah, I think that's a good nutshelling. I mean, what you can also do is looking at... So, I mean, if you're treating your AI project as just any other investment project in your company, then you could think about a yeah, net present value analysis. Uh, you could say, okay, uh, based on net cash flow coming in, uh, discounted by over time, what is then really yeah, the sum of this value? And of course, the issue is on the cash flow side, um, this might be quite, quite uncertain. So, I mean, this depends, for example, on the predictive performance might depend on whether yeah, liability cases might occur, as you have outlined then in terms of yeah, humans being um, hurt by a robot, for example, or discrimination uh, cases and regulatory fines and penalties there. So how could you then ultimately embed in your cash flow analysis those risk situations? And um, I think one thing a yeah, leader could think about is to see, okay, can I ultimately come up with, this, with different scenarios? And then a, a simulation analysis. So can I ultimately simulate the probability distribution of my cash flow? In case my AI fails, uh, how does this impact my cash flow? In case I have a liability uh, scenario, how does this impact my cash flow? Then I could ultimately work with, with the data science teams building the AI models to see, okay, what might be good probabilities I could assign to those scenarios. And then ultimately use that to come up with a more distributed and, and a better assessment of my cash flow distribution, and then also on the distribution of the value of what this AI project might generate for me as a company. Cool. Yeah. So layering those on top of each other and saying, okay, what, what's the right pathway forward? So we've got to be able to measure risk and potentially we want to be able to reduce it. And I know you've given a lot of thought to that as well. Again, you guys are in the risk business here. When it comes to AI, you've got a bit of a technical background too. What are some of the considerations for companies who are looking to chop down as many of those risks as they can. There's there's probably some, it's by use case to use case, there's different kinds of low-hanging fruit, but how do you like thinking about it? I mean, when we are thinking about uh, risks in AI, and when we are just taking the first uh, the first risk case in terms of predictive performance of the AI, uh, then of course it comes down to uh, yeah, finding a good estimate for my error probabilities and a good estimate for the error of my AI. This really comes down to doing a good technical job in terms of finding a good, a good testing regime, a statistically sound testing regime, and then really seeing okay, how, how well does my AI perform on that. And it's not just deriving just one point estimate. For example, just looking at yeah, accuracy of my classification system. It's really about, okay, how does it fluctuate? So uh, my testing regime should really take into account that I should be able to find some distribution of my performance metric I care about. So I think that's that's very important. 
And I think there's also some exciting research uh, happening in this area, especially domain of uh, mathematical statistics, to look at how can we adjust machine learning model or any kind of AI model in order to give us some information about the uncertainty in its predictions. And I think this requires also a paradigm shift. So, so far, many AI models just give us some point prediction back. So, for example, they are just saying, okay, in this picture, I see a dog. Uh, or this is the house price for this real estate is 1 million US dollar. However, this doesn't really provide me with any information about the uncertainty in the model. What this research does is to say, okay, can I teach my model to give me back an interval, a prediction interval? So, for example, the house price of my of this real estate might be 800,000 to 1.2 million. And I can have 90% trust in that. So, with 10% probability, this price might fall outside this range. This gives me now much more information about the uncertainty of my model. I might even say, okay, if uh, my model includes in this range a certain value that I don't want to have, uh, then I simply uh, should obtain I simply should abstain from uh, ultimately using this model. So then I shouldn't rely on my AI's prediction. I might rather rely on some expert and delegate uh, this problem to, to the expert. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, exciting research happening there. That's also something what, what we stay on top on and what we also want to promote. Yeah. So uh, let me see if maybe we can pry that open to be a little bit more visual in the mind of the the listeners here, you know, you're talking about maybe a vision example. You just threw out one random example, but we'll try to get a few more. So one was, uh, you know, is this a, a picture of a dog? Maybe we could use the case of, is this scan of somebody's chest show lung cancer or not, right? So let's just use that as our visual example. And probably we're looking at maybe 12 pictures or something, but across those images, yes, this is lung cancer. Clearly, that's not a great answer there. Those kinds of applications, already a great many applications. Fraud, right? Is this is this some kind of money laundering or not? Is this uh, credit card fraud or not? Is this cancer or not? These are not yeses or nos already, right? I don't think there's any solutions on the market that do that. They're gradients. Are you saying that extending that out to almost any kind of AI application and any kind of decision juncture that, that AI is making should be the new normal? Is that the paradigm shift or would you put it in a different way? No, I think that's, yeah, this should be a paradigm shift. So we'll ultimately say, okay, I should uh, contain some information about the uncertainty in the prediction, and ultimately every application I look at, and especially in those kind of sensitive areas. So um, what you mentioned on the healthcare side, and really making, say, at the end of the day, yeah, life death kind of decisions yeah. or uh, very important health decisions, I should embed this kind of wrappers or this kind of uh, of adjustments uh, on my model to really provide me with the uncertainty information there. And I mean, if I would have a, a lung yeah, CT image and the model would give me back an interval where yes and no is contained with a 90% probability, I mean, this tells me, okay, I can't delegate the decision to my AI. There I might need to have a radiologist or two radiologists taking a look at that, really making sure, okay, what is visible there or take another scan. So I think in this respect, this kind of prediction intervals can help quite a lot. And really yeah, methods which teach my machine learning models to be uh, to be robust and provide me with a high, yeah, with a high confidence, this kind of uncertainty information. Okay, cool. And are there any particular, maybe in closing here, any kinds of 
either a, a specific workflow or use case for AI where you don't really see this kind of confidence gradient as a norm, but you hope that it is adopted as a norm? Is there Are there any overt areas that you hope this paradigm shift reaches? Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't see... I mean, when it comes especially to this, yeah, this kind of new yeah, methods coming out yeah, from yeah, research, yeah. don't really see them applied yet yeah, in most applications. But we hope they will be applied. And yeah, I think this will then simply make also the adoption of AI with confidence. Uh, I think this, this will also contribute to that. Yeah. And I think then yeah, companies or individuals can then also simply have more trust in those AI applications. Yeah, I can see where that would head. And if we're looking at you know, determining the ROI versus or the, the risk versus the upside, knowing how volatile that risk is, as opposed to having one little snapshot answer, I can certainly see the business case there. So I'm, I'm rooting for that change as well. I know that's all we had for time on this series, but it's cool to get a very close-up perspective on risk from a gigantic company that does only that. So we're lucky to have you, Michael. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Ben. It was a great pleasure. So that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. Hopefully you found some of those insights useful. I liked Michael's opinions and perspective on the kinds of questions to ask up front and then how to, relatively speaking on a scale, kind of measure those against the potential upside. I think it's a, a vantage point that might be able to help our listeners. I certainly hope it can help you. And remember, this is only episode two of five. So tomorrow, Wednesday, followed by Thursday and Friday, we have fresh episodes on achieving ROI with early AI projects. So much more to come. Our next guest is from Oracle. I did want to mention, as I brought up briefly in the introduction, the reports that we're making available here at Emerge during this special launch week. So number one, we have a report called the AI ROI in Action Report which has to do with calculating the costs of an AI project and also communicating the relative costs and benefits to leadership. What have we learned from all of our best interviewees over the last two years? That is available at emerj.com slash R5. That's R like ROI, and then the number five. You can literally just enter your email address, download that report. If you're already on the newsletter, no change for you. If you're not yet on the newsletter, it'll be a great reason to jump in on the newsletter. This is a report that's normally only been available to our paid Emerge Plus members. We also have another report called the AI ROI Cheat Sheet, which has retailed on our reports section on Emerge.com for some $300. We have hundreds of folks who have accessed this report as it contains some step-by-step -step processes and simple tables to be able to predict and understand the return on investment of an AI solution. And this is normally retailed on its own on Emerge.com on the reports section of the page, but we are making it available for free for anybody who joins Emerge Plus. For those of you who are Emerge Plus members, Thank you already for being in the community here. For those of you who are not, Emerge Plus is our private members-only platform at Emerge.com, where we make available all of our best practice frameworks and infographics for AI ROI, AI strategy, AI adoption, and more, as well as all of our AI use case library and white paper library. So if you're interested in finding new AI applications that might suit your business or your clients, or you're interested in having direct frameworks to make decision-making more simple in the C-suite, then you've come to the right place. You can go to emerj.com slash R7. So in this case, R like ROI, and then the number seven, and you can learn more about Emerge Plus and about this $300 report that we're giving away during this special launch week. So I hope you're enjoying this series. Hopefully some of you folks join us in the Emerge Plus community as well. Be sure to stay tuned in for tomorrow as we dive
dive into more ROI insights. We've got a leader from Oracle who has a storied history with companies like Amazon and in the startup world, and we've got a lot more to sink our teeth into. So thanks again for tuning in. I look forward to catching you in the next episode.